Welcome to the Because Radio Road Trip. Today we're visiting the Carberry Plains Museum in Carberry, Manitoba. Let's go! I'm Jeremy Morantz. I'm here with Gloria Mott and Lee Heinrich at the Carberry Plains Museum in Carberry, Manitoba. Thank you so much both for talking to me today. You're more than welcome. You're welcome. Let's start off uh, pretty general and high level. Tell our listeners what the Carberry Plains Museum is. Well, the Carberry Plains Museum was uh, originally came about because of an organization called the IODE. Felt strongly that there was a lot of history and artifacts in our community that needed to be preserved for future generations. So they uh, bought the building that uh, James White had built that was originally his sash and door and then later his garage uh, for fixing carriages and and uh, motors and cars when cars came out and renovated it into the museum. And then in 2005, we were able to buy the gingerbread house, which he had built. The family that was living in it felt very strongly that the history of it should be preserved as well. And they offered it to the museum at a price that we could afford. And with the support of our town councils and our community foundation, we were able to purchase it. And um, they helped us with paying off the mortgage and all of the renovations and inside changes because it had been changed into a boarding house a lot of the rooms were cut up and changed uh, was done by volunteers primarily um, a lot of the board members did a tremendous amount of work here we're actually sitting in the gingerbread house right now and I have to say it's quite remarkable from the outside it has quite a distinct look and even on the inside uh, it, it's very uh, spacious and also of its time it's a uh, it's and it's also full of artifacts um, I wanted to, to ask you about the the history of the town of Carberry itself. You were telling me it was supposed to be somewhere and it ended up somewhere else. <laughs> Why don't you get into that that history for us? The town was originally being built in about two and a half miles east of here and it was called De Winton. Now some speculators that were working with the railroad were buying up land that they weren't supposed to be doing and so when the railway directors were coming through and they realized this was happening they made the decision that they were going to move the town. So they had hired approximately 100 men, as uh, history goes. They went in the dark of the night and they bodily moved the train station two and a half miles west to where it presently is the town of Carberry. Um, it, that was done, Carberry came into being around 1893, uh, and then the town was incorporated with the RM in 1908. 1905 and it's been a very prosperous town it uh, has been predominantly farming and uh, a lot of livestock and mercantile and business and inventing and stuff went on on in this town at one time there was seven elevators which are all gone now and uh, there was a creamery there's an electric light company we were very early to electric uh, light in the town it was 30 years before what the RM got and so it's been a very progressive town continues to be progressive although you know we are struggling a bit population wise in the museum itself there are a number of interesting exhibits uh there are a few I want to ask you guys about one uh the town of Carberry had a has a pretty unique connection to World War II uh with the uh Air Force training can you talk about uh what, what was happening back then in the area 
Um, well, in World War II, there was an air training uh, facility built just south of Carberry, and they, all the uh, airmen from England a lot were brought here where they trained. Some of the U.S. Uh, military came here for training, as well as a lot of our Canadian um, Manitoba and Saskatchewan boys were here to train. Um, there, it, it also brought a boom to the, the town because the soldiers would go back and forth to Winnipeg on their leave days and some of the uh, townspeople uh, made taxis out of their vehicles and they were able to take these guys where they wanted to. There was a lot of dancing and partying and stuff going on and consequently a few marriages resulted from it. But uh, we, um, the air training facility is now McCain's Potato facility where a lot of the french fries we provide french fries for mcdonald's so potato farming is a huge agricultural industry here right now another exhibit that i found interesting uh, in the museum is notable carbarians is people from carbary are they carbarians carberries carberites carbarians (laughs) notable carbarians why don't you uh tell us about some of those um, Tommy Douglas has a connection to Carberry. Uh, Tommy uh, married a, a woman from Petrel, which is just north of here, and uh, so there, part of our museum is dedicated to him. Part is to Stanley Knowles, who was a frequent visitor here. He was a longtime MP in Parliament. Um, we also have uh, Ernest Thompson Seton, and along with, there's a Seton Centre in town as well, but we have some of the famous naturalist um, display of his his uh, items, and he was very famous, uh, actually instrumental in starting the Boy Scouts, I believe. And and the th- the fourth one in that section is um, Muriel Hope, who is an artist currently who was raised here, but currently lives in Winnipeg and has done a tremendous amount of uh, sculptures, paintings, um, very very well done and well known. Uh, one other person that we we um, honor is Wap May, who was born actually just up the road here, uh, half a block, and uh, he became a World War One ace during the war dur- during World War One, and and also uh, a um, bush pilot after he was done. So, uh, yeah, we have some famous connections in this town. Can you tell us about uh, maybe the sports culture from Carberry? I, I understand that it's a big curling town. Yes, Carberry has always been um, fanatics about curling. And there's been some very good curlers that have gone right to the national levels in, in the older days when they were called the British Consuls and, and um, Bonspiels and stuff in, in Winnipeg and Toronto. Um, there was several families that were um, very... Um, predominating in the sport and um, history has it that the game of takeout was developed here because curling was sort of an old man's older man's sport and they weren't so keen on having the young fellas join in so the young fellas made their own teams and when they realized that they could start knocking the older guys out rocks out that's what they started doing and it wasn't too well received by the older fellas Anyway, it's gone on to change the game. And also, um, we've had several hockeys that 
hockey players that have gone on to play juniors. We've got quite a few kids that are have gone to university, and one in particular is Moreg McPherson. Um, she had a full ride scholarship to an Ivy League. Um, college in the states and then she played um, for the canadian olympic team she didn't actually play in the olympics because she left the team just before the the last olympics that uh, were in her age category sort of thing um, but she was excellent and we have her team canada jersey in the museum so the local community foundation is the carberry area Commu- community foundation tell us a little bit about your relationship and how it's benefited the museum uh, the Carberian Area Community Foundation, they, um, they give out grants twice a year, and uh, we've been very, very fortunate to be able to access money to do uh, up repairs to this place, to do new displays, do signage. Um, they, uh, and they were instrumental in us paying off the mortgage on the gingerbread house. So they have played an integral role with us being able to do what we do. Finally, in your words, what's the importance of preserving these artifacts and these memories and all the memorabilia that you could find here at the Carbier Plains Museum? Why is that important? Um, If we don't preserve these things, if you don't know where you've come from, it's hard to know, to appreciate where you're going and where, where you're headed. And so... It, um, this, the museum serves as a place to educate, to educate young people. Uh, we do tours of sco- students and, uh, and we, we teach them about how things used to be and maybe they get a bit of an appreciation for the way things are now if, uh, if, they can, if they can see these things and appreciate that. I think, too, the purpose of a museum is, is along with preserving our heritage and our past, we have to show what's happening as we go forward in the future, that we are also making history as we go along, and that we can't just focus on pioneer life, that we have to move forward with all of the different um, things that are changing in the world, because it's almost unbelievable how life has changed in the last 50 years with technology and the internet and just communication. So uh, we hope to be able to do that going forward. And um, we just really love it when people come for tours of our museum or come to see what we have. So lastly, if listeners out there would like to learn more, they'd like to uh, come by to the museum, what details do you have to offer? We're open daily from 12 till 5. Um, that's it, every day. And there's someone there to give tours. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, and we're in the process of getting a web page done, but it's not done yet. So, yeah. Well, Gloria and Lee, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming out. We really appreciate the, the interest that you've shown in the museum today. Thanks for joining us on the Because Radio Road Trip. We'll see you next week, same time, different place.